0: prepare your hearts for the receiving of the scriptures. Today's scripture reading is Isaiah 9, 2-7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you, as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder and the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult, mo- and every garment rolled in blood, will be burned as fuel for, fi- for fire. For us, for to us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness, from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The word of the Lord.
1: morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, my name is Morgan. Welcome to The Painted Door. I'm one of the pastors here. <laughs> Today is the last Sunday of the year. Um, we are five days removed from Christmas. I hope all of you had a wonderful time with your friends and family, um, huddling up with Tammy and the kids. Uh, during the holidays having a few days off with really nothing to do but chill with them is the best ever Uh, tis the season for huddling up Uh, tis the season for holding the whole fam in your arms and holding them close and telling them how much you love them Uh, whether it is because of Christmas cheer or just because it's cold outside now is the time to hold them if you got them so Uh, Christmas was the end of Advent and Advent is the four to five weeks of uh, conscious waiting uh, before we get to Christmas. And so I guess I would ask, waiting for what? Um, Well, in terms of the liturgical year and the Christian calendar um, we are waiting in remembrance We are waiting for the Christ child to come to us. But in terms of our Christian reality, a reality that is kind of just always present, uh, Advent is about God's people waiting for God's promises to come true. And frankly, that is pretty much the whole Christian life right there. All of the feelings of Advent, the waiting, the longing, the homesickness, the hoping against hope, It's all very much a part of the Christian life all of the time. These feelings and longings of faith to be with Christ and for everything to be set right are ever-present. And this life, this place, this world, this is actually not our home. Uh, We are in exile here. But Advent ends and Christmas comes Because even in exile, God's people can celebrate. So, uh, I wish this sermon was a little more celebratory. (laughs) So today, the Sunday, according to the Christian calendar, is called the Holy Family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. That is the name of this Sunday. And when I thought in my mind of that little family huddled up, Together, my first thought is it's them against the world, which at first I thought isn't that beat a little dramatic? But as I recalled what happened, um, what happened to that little family following the birth of Christ, it's uh, not so dramatic at all. Most of us know the story: how following the arrival and departure of the three wise men, um, the jealous King Herod sent soldiers to kill all the newborn boys in the region of Bethlehem in hopes of killing uh, the baby Jesus. And as the story goes, Joseph was sworn in a dream and quickly, med, uh, quickly led Mary and Joseph, Mary and Jesus, I'm sorry, into exile in Egypt. So at first, at first I thought, I assumed my feelings would resonate more with, uh, with them, but it didn't really work out. Uh, us against the world um was kind of the last thing in my mind actually <laughs> when i was cuddled up with my family over the holidays quite the opposite actually uh what came over me was the thought like let's let's preserve this comfort together <laughs> it's like my kids are getting older uh i'm making a little bit more money um like Let's let's get this down. Like let's lock it down. Like you know, everyone. We got the chores lined up. We got the finances lined up. Like we're good. Like just shut <laughs> shut the windows, lock the doors. <laughs> Everything is cool. Um, and it's probably safe to say that most of us are much more prone to feeling at home in this world than feeling in exile or longing for the new creation. But if there was ever a family against the world it was this little family of jesus mary and joseph but i guess you might be thinking what do you mean by world i mean i mean whatever definition of world that aligns with when scripture says satan is the god of this world or when christ says he has overcome the world the definition of world that I would give here is really just everything that has not yet been made right, which is a lot of things. (laughs) Everything that we know and experience and feel is all a part of a process of being restored in and through Christ. Being restored meaning not having arrived. And really, nothing has arrived. Nothing has reached perfection. Or nothing has fully arrived. Everything, everything is in process. Going from bad to good. And this is extremely important to remember. The important lies in having realistic expectations for what you think everything will look and feel like. And I mean Realistic expectations for everything. God's truth and promises, the Christian life, the way of the world, our expectations for each other, expectations for our own personal growth, nothing has arrived, is a fact of life. We are God's people waiting for God's promises to come true. And if we're honest we're waiting in a significant amount of pain and evil and brokenness. And waiting is a struggle really all by itself, because everything that is not yet right in us and in all of us, around us, we just want to drug the pain or join along with evil or deny the brokenness. Nothing has arrived, actually, is is kind of the polite way to say it. and in this struggle of not having arrived in ourselves or in anything else like the holy family we often feel like it is us against the world and it kind of kind of is one of our most fundamental human problems is our capacity for connection connection with god with ourselves, with others, we are always slipping into isolation. It is incredibly difficult to remember that we are not alone. And if we if we do remember it, it often feels like blind faith. Because experience and feelings would pre- pretty often say the exact opposite. And like everything... In process, our ability to connect with others, with ourselves, with God is all in process. So it seems to me, and my wife always says I'm so dark all the time, and maybe it is just easy for me to say this and flap in the wind in this truth, because I have spent most of my life often alone. I moved a lot and so I was often alone, often spent years without friends. Um, so saying I'm completely alone, I'm just I'm just so used to it. Uh, but it does seem there is a healthy amount, a healthy need. And it's a healthy amount of knowing that you are completely alone. Human presence fails. Human words fail. Human love fails. Every one of us knows the feeling of being in a room full of people and feeling alone. Or here in this church community, surrounded by people, but alone. Or on the couch, cuddled up with your family, but alone. The hard truth is that we all experience our humanity in isolation from other people. My true self, if I even know what that is, is alone in my own head. I am an individual, and I'm responsible for everything that is from me, and no one is really me with me, and no one is you with you. We are all alone. So that is the hard truth. And what meets that hard truth is the simple truth that it is, this life is just you. But if you have him, if you will have him, it can just be you. And Jesus Christ. Connection is possible, but only through surrender. Only through relationship with Christ can we break out of this isolation of the human condition. So as we live, as we wait, as we complain, as we struggle, as we run, God steps closer. And this is what you must surrender to that God loves you and wants you exactly the way you are. Connection with Christ, friendship with Christ. is a type of relationship far beyond any relationship you have with others or yourself. He sees what everyone else misses. Christ knows you better than you know yourself. Better than you could ever know anyone else. All of your thoughts are open to him, And he is present and was present in every circumstance of your life. So, do you talk to him like he's present? Do you talk to him like he is your closest friend? Talking is important. My wife keeps telling me that. <laughs> Functionally, I think it's fair to say that we were, we were pretty much made to talk with God. To walk and talk with God in the paradise of his creation. Isn't that funny? <laughs> it seems funny to me that the eternal God... A divine community of delight would create creatures for conversations. Relationship is communication. So, talking is important. So what is not said to Christ... cannot be felt with Christ. And what is not felt with Christ is not received from Christ. So by all means, say everything. Feel everything. Receive everything. Feel all emotion and give all your emotion to Christ because he cares for you. And when you do this, little by little, you let your faith take a nice, deep, full breath of dependence on Christ. And this communication is the surrender that fights our isolation, or fights our isolation with love. This communication is the surrender that increases our capacity for connection. And connection thrives in honesty. But the Christian life is funny. Being loved is funny. Why do we feel so vulnerable in the kindness of others? What is it in our sin that recoils in acceptance or takes advantage of acceptance? What is it in us that rejects free gifts and prefers transaction? You scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. That makes sense. Um, But this relationship with Jesus doesn't make much sense. In the freedom of his love, we all live and move and have our being. Yet, what often slows down our connection with God, with ourselves, with others, is that a lot of us are believing this little lie that God is less with us when we sin. To which I would ask, why would God parlay with an enemy he has already defeated? But if God is telling sinners... He will love them no matter what. Won't they take advantage of him? (laughs) Yes, actually. Yes, we do. And what we mean, we do. But what we mean for evil, God means for good. What is sin in our hands is grace in God's hands. What is hate in our hands is love in God's hands. You will find in your sin, in your pain, that the presence of Christ is even nearer still. So how? (laughs) How is the presence of Christ nearer still? Why does connection thrive in honesty? So I will try to answer that question by exploring another question. If we can return our thoughts back to the Holy Family, back to Bethlehem. The question is, what needs to happen to this infant before he was ours? The Christ child is here. So now what? Well, let's turn to our scripture. Isaiah 9, 2-7 The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. This people is all of us. Before we were found by the promises of God, every heart lived in darkness. Every human connection shattered and limping along. But Christ, born of Israel, is the light of the world. And our burden is our depravity, our spiritual death inside, our inability to make connection. And the arrival of Christ has brought eternal life for all people, not just for Israel, but for all who will call upon the name of Jesus. You have enlarged the nation and increased its joy. The people rejoice before you as they rejoice at harvest time. As men rejoice in dividing the plunder. For the yoke of their burden, the bar across their shoulders, and the rod of their oppressor, you are shattered as in the day of Midian. So the Christ child has come. But there is a mission before him. That he has only just begun. So, from start to finish. He is a humanity bursting with goodness and righteousness. But he is afflicted with a mission to save the dead by going into death. And the incarnation of Christ is the beginning of the humiliation of Christ. A lifetime of sorrow where only wounds can heal. Christ took what was ours and made it his own. Born an infant under our burden. He ca- and he carried our burden perfectly in constant sorrow under sin and human wreckage. In sorrow he lived and loved with such glorious abundance that he has enough life and love for all of us, all our broken connection. In verse 5, For every trampling boot of battle and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. <clears throat> the healing knowledge of Christ that he brings to us is extremely precise christ is going to work out his salvation for us using all the raw materials of our broken humanity the sin the isolation the sickness all our need for connection all of it christ pays close attention to every little bit of it and all of it will be fuel in his fire. Christ struggled with sin so we could struggle with God. Christ lived free of sin so we could sin freely with God. Christ died under sin so we could live in him with sin. So what needs to happen to this infant before he was ours? There's a perfect and full human life needing to be lived by him. There's a suffering and broken human life needing to be lived by him. There's a healing and restoring human life needing to be lived by him. From the manger to the cross, the sin of the world will be met with the pain of Christ. And when Christ has lived all those lives, when he is perfect, he will be broken on the cross for all of us. And that pain will open the flesh of God. That pain will open all his glorious abundance to all who will have him. His life in place of all our lives. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called the Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from that time and forevermore. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Why is Christ given to us? It's the free and perfect love of God, each and every second. The free choice that God has been making for you. He has been making it for a very long time. His choice for you is a choice made with eyes wide open, fully aware of the cost, fully aware of all the sin, the isolation, the sickness, fully aware of all the damaged human connection, all of it, fully aware of our lives, fully aware of all the scars that we will put on him at the cross, fully aware of all the blood needed to cover us from head to toe, fully aware that the only love that can save sinners like us is love unconditional. And in this love, there's no darkness too dark. No sickness too sick. No stubbornness too stubborn to stop Christ approaching you in whatever situation you have for him and turning your brokenness, your failure, your sin into mercy upon mercy. And this love, unconditional, it can only be received, but it cannot be taken. God's love is always free, and it cannot be exchanged with. God's love cannot be mastered or quieted. You cannot strive for the love of God. To strive for his love is to miss him. He loves you because of his free choice for you. So, live your life, live your faith, live your sin openly before the Lord. You have not arrived, and that's okay. Nothing has fully arrived. God's truth, God's promises the Christian life, the way of the world, our expectations for each other, expectations for our own personal growth. We are God's people waiting for God's promises to come true day in and day out. Admit to yourself that everything that you stand on is still in process. Do not use your freedom as cover up for evil. Everything that you know and believe is currently in process. Is currently being tested. Connection comes, and connection grow- goes. And God will find you again. Out of isolation, through connection with Christ, we are being given connection to each other. And connection is difficult. But God will send you a friend. Everything that we stand on in regards to each other is in process. All, our, all of our various human connections are in process. Every relationship that we are in is in process. And they are in process. And I am in process. So, no one here needs to live in a false sense of arrival. In either word or in deed, we are all in process of moving from death to life. So, speak and feel with Christ as you are, as he is. He is your closest friend. He is your only hope. There is always an invitation to feel what you feel, admit what you feel, and always begin there with God. Christ lived the life he lived so that we would never have to hide who we are with God or anyone else. Let us pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, Send us, Christ, Lord, through your Spirit. Find us, Jesus, in our disconnection, in our separation from you, from ourselves, from each other. Save us, Jesus. Have mercy on this community, Lord. Draw near to those who are alone. Pull them into relationship with you, Lord. And And when we are ready, help us to see each other, Jesus. To love. In your precious name, amen.